Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Great to see everybody today. Are you excited? I'm excited. Today's a beautiful day. It's Sunday. You're here. I'm here, man. Most importantly, Jesus is here, and uh, we get to be in his presence today. Uh, Welcome. I am Pastor Chris. Welcome to those of you who are here uh, in person, and uh, welcome to the many of you who are watching us uh, online. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. As Pastor Scott said, tomorrow night, man, membership class. If you're thinking about uh, making uh, our church home your church home, being officially a part of our church family, Love for you to sign up for that. And uh, we, have, we usually have a lot of people watching online now too for our membership class. So love for you guys to be a part of that. And then life groups, man, life groups. We're signing up people for life groups. We announced our uh, introduced, unveiled, our catalog uh, last, uh, last week. Check out all the groups, man. It's gonna be a great, great semester. You basically got just under a month uh, to sign up. A lot of great groups. So uh, we are in week three of this series called This Is My Year. And uh, each week we're looking at a different area of our life uh, that has the potential to make a huge, huge impact. Uh, Very first week, uh, two weeks ago, uh, we talked about this is my year to take my next step spiritually. And again, everybody's got a next step. What's yours? Uh, Then last week was this is my year to forgive. Forgive. And today, man, you are going to be excited. Are you ready for it? Today, we are going to talk about 2021. This is my year to be a better lover. You're excited, aren't you? I know some of you are like, wow, this is my kind of church. Yes, I showed up on the right day. I tuned in on the right message. And some of you have never taken notes before, but man, you got your out like, woo, I'm ready. And you want your, you know, your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend to tune in. This is it. So uh, let's get started. Um, our world today is a mess, Right? I mean, it is. I think everybody would agree with me on that one. You don't need a long list of uh, statistics uh, to prove that point. Just open up your screen, your computer, your television, and you will see racism, violence, rioting, hatred, and terrorism. It's a mess. So what's the answer? You know, what do we do about it? Well, I think it's time that we all admit that these same old solutions that we keep dragging out year after year and arguing over aren't working, haven't worked, and are not going to work. Uh, It's not an economic solution. I mean, we have thrown enough money around, but the divide between the haves and the have-nots just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's not an educational solution either. I mean, today, we have more access to more information than we have ever had in the history of the world. It's not a legal solution. I mean, when are we finally going to learn that more laws on the books are not ultimately going to change people? It's not a political solution either. I mean, all we seem to do is change the guard every few years, and we are still more more polarized today than we have ever been before. By the way, I also happen to believe that the answer is not, uh, the solution is not religion. I don't believe that. Religion, you know, the truth is religion has been a part of the problem for far too long. Now, I know it sounds kind of simple. These are not the solutions because these are not the problems, right? The problem is not economic, educational, political, legal, or religious. 
The problem is in our hearts. The problem is in our hearts. So the answer is love. It's love. Now, I know that sounds simple, but that's what I want us to talk about today. In fact, I love how 1 Corinthians 14 begins. 1 Corinthians 14 begins, follow the way of love. And then in the message, it's paraphrased this way. Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. Now think about it. Why in the world, of all the things that God could have said that this is what you ought to pursue, this is what you ought to go after, that he says, love. Well, again, that's what we're going to talk about today. 2021, this is my year to be a better lover. In fact, in the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the Apostle Paul kind of lays that out for us. You know, explains why we should follow the way of love, why we should go after a life of love. First of all, he says this. If you're taking notes, he says, without love, all that I say is ineffective. All that I say is ineffective. He says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. He's basically saying, listen, words alone without love, they're just noise. And I think we'd all agree there's a lot of noise in the world today, right? There is. And then he says, without love, number two, all that I know is incomplete. It's all incomplete without love. He says, if I had the gift of prophecy, listen to this, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all knowledge, but didn't love others. I'd be nothing. He says, you could be a genius, you could be a Mensa member, you could be the smartest person in the room. It doesn't matter. Without love, you're nothing. So without love, all that I say is ineffective. Without love, all that I know is incomplete. And number three, he says, without love, all that I believe is insufficient. Insufficient. He says, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. He's saying, listen, and, and I think we need to hear this loud and clear. It really doesn't matter how much faith you say you have. If it doesn't express itself in love, he says it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. Number four, if I don't have love, all that I give is insignificant insignificant. If I gave everything I have to the poor, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now he's saying it's possible that you can give everything you have away and still not have love. Now how? How in the world is that possible? Well, you can give for self selfish motives, right? You can give where it's all about you. And he says, if you don't do it in love, it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't count or matter. So look at your outline. Without love, all that I say is ineffective. All that I know is incomplete. All that I believe is insufficient. All that I give is insignificant. And then finally, number five, he says, without love, all that I might accomplish, it is inadequate. Inadequate. If I even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others... I would have gained nothing. He's saying it is possible that you could even die a martyr's death, but if you didn't do it out of love, without that, you know, expressing your, your life in love, it, it, it won't matter. It's a wasted effort. 
So let's summarize the beginning of this chapter here. What is God saying? God is saying, if I, I can have the eloquence of an orator, I can have the knowledge of a genius. I can have the faith of a miracle worker. I can have the generosity of a philanthropist. I can even have the dedication of a martyr. But if I don't love people, it it really doesn't count. All I give, all I say, all I do, all I know, all I believe, all worthless without love. So you see, that, that right there, that's why this is so important. You know, if this is going to be a year of impact, you know, this is a big deal. Why? Because life without love equals zero. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Now, we know the why, but how? How do we pull that off? How do we do it? How do we pursue a life of love? Well, the first thing we got to do if you're going to do that is I think we got to learn to define it a little bit. Right? I mean, it, it really is amazing to me that, you know, how often we use this word, but nobody really can define it. I mean, you know, I'll say things like, I love Clemson. Some of you will say, I love Carolina. You know, I love my wife. I love my husband. I love cheese. I love God. I love steak. You know, I mean, it is used so often in so many ways. And, uh, you know, we have love stories, love songs, you know, movies about love, romance novels. But what is it? 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. So stop right there for a second. Where does love come from? Where does it originate? From God. Not from Hollywood, not from your parents, not from your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend. Love comes from God. And then it goes on to say this. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does uh, does not love does not know God for, get ready for it, God is what? Love. There it is. God is love. And then all throughout the Bible, you see this this love expanded on, explained. Probably the most famous uh, example, uh, even if you've never been to church before, is found right here in this chapter. Uh, We typically call it uh, the what? The love chapter of the Bible, right? 1 Corinthians 13. How many of you had it read at your wedding, been to a wedding, you know, where it was read? I typically, in, in the wedding ceremonies that I perform, I, I use this passage. We call it the love chapter. So this is what it says about love, what love is. Listen to this, verses four through seven. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Wow. Okay, question. If that is what love is, what kind of lover are you? Now, I gotta be honest with you. If, that, if this is what love is, man, I'm not a very good lover many times. But I want you to notice a couple of things about love here. First of all, and, and this is important, love is an action. It's an action. Okay, it, it, it's not just something you feel or something you say. Now, it encompasses that for sure, but love is something you do. 
Notice all the action steps here. These are all things you do. In other words, love doesn't just talk. It acts. You know, it's like the husband who says to his wife, oh, honey, oh, baby, I'd die for you. And the wife says, you're always saying that, but you never do it. Never. Love is an action, okay? Now, also I want you to notice that it's a choice. Again, this is important. It's an action and it's a choice. You choose to love. You choose not to love. You see, there's a myth going around that basically says that love is uncontrollable, right? I mean, I just fell in love like you fell in a ditch or something, right? And that's why so many people, those people end up saying, I have fallen and I can't get up, right? Um, Of course you can help it. That's just not true. It's your choice. In fact, listen to this. Acting in a loving way when you don't feel like it, that's actually a greater expression of love. See, love is getting up in the middle of the night and helping a sick child when that's the last thing in the world you feel like doing. Love is being patient with your spouse when they're acting like a jerk. You know, love is uh, giving a person what they need, not what they deserve. I want you to listen to this definition. Love is treating someone the way you want to be treated regardless of how you feel and regardless of how they respond. Did you hear that? Love is treating someone the way you want to be treated, regardless of how you feel, and regardless of how they respond. That's love. It is an action, and it is a choice. So, how can we be better lovers in 2021? Many different ways, but I want to give you four today. Just four ways from God's word that if you want to be a great lover this year, do these four things. Number one, real love serves. Real love serves. Galatians 5.13, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Okay, in Christ, man, we have freedom in Jesus. But listen, that freedom you've been given, it's not all about you. In fact, he says, instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. There it is. Genuine love. It always expresses itself in service. Now, Guess what? This is the exact opposite of all of our natural inclination. The the phrase that Paul uses is, it's the exact opposite of our, our sinful nature. I mean, the fact is, left to ourselves, we are way more interested in being served than in serving. But listen, God did not put you here on this earth just so that everybody could serve you so that the whole world could cater to you and your whims and your needs. No, God put you here on this earth to serve other people. In fact, that is why, that's why he gave you the gifts and talents and experiences and knowledge uh, that you have. Not for you, not for your benefit, but for the benefit of other people, to serve one another in love. In fact, look what Jesus said here in John 13, 34, and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. Now stop there just for a second. By the way, this proves right here that love is not just a feeling. 
You can't command a feeling, be happy. You can't do that. Love is a choice, it's an action. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you vote in a certain way. That's not what it says, is it? Now you think that, by the way, a bunch of believers are acting, that's not what it says. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. Jesus says, as I have loved you, you are to love other people. Now again, how did Jesus love us? Sacrificial servant love. He said, if you want to be great, learn to be the servant of all. By the way, men, husbands, this is exactly what it says, the way that we are supposed to love our wives. Husbands, love your wives as Jesus loved the church and gave himself up for her. What kind of love is that? That's service, sacrificial love. You say, well, okay, but Pastor Chris, I have my rights. Let me tell you something. You never, never, ever, ever hear Jesus using that phrase. He wasn't worried about his rights. He was worried about his neighbor. He was concerned about serving others in true leadership, whether it's in your family, in the community, in our church, or in our nation. It's always servant leadership. You see, when we gather together in person or online on Sundays and we sing about God and, and how much we love him, then we prove it. We walk that out. We bear fruit of that fact Monday through Saturday with our service. I mean, if you say, I love God, then you ought to be able to answer this question. How and where am I serving? What's my ministry? Or is all of this just lip service? You know, that you're comfortable being a Christian who says he or she loves God, but you don't do anything about it. So here's your homework assignment for this week. Really simple. Start serving. Start serving. If you're married, Start serving your spouse. Husbands, serve your wife. Wives, serve your husband. Let me tell you something. That's the way marriage is supposed to work. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a serving contest. Both husband and wife serving each other in love. And man, let me tell you something. When that's going on, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Listen, start serving in this church. We make no apologies around here at Coastal when we challenge everyone to serve and get involved here. Why? Well, because we need you and, and our ministries are just gonna fall apart. We're desperate, we need you. No, no, listen, because you are gonna stand before God and give an account with what you did with everything that he gave you. Your gifts, your abilities, your, your resources, all of it, your time. And because Jesus said that this, this right here is how you find true life. You give your life away in service to other people. So let me ask, what's your ministry? Where are you serving? I mean, listen, there are so, so many places to start serving here at Coastal. You know, our first impressions team, in fact, this is what I want everybody to do today. Take out your Connect card. 
It's right there on the Connect card. Man, sign up and serve today, online, in person. Our first impressions team, you know, welcoming and greeting people, you know, on our campus. We used to say, you know, one of the requirements is you gotta smile, right? Now with a mask, you don't even have to do that, right? What do we say? Smile with your eyes, right? Come on. Listen, uh, Coastal Kids Children's Ministry, loving and serving our children. Listen, you want to make an impact? You change a child's life, you change the world. Sign up for that today. Student ministry, online engagement team. You could be a first impressions person, whether you're here in person or online. Student ministry, worship, tech, chair setup. Every Saturday morning, we set up the chairs. Every Saturday morning at 8.30, we set up Coastal Kids. There are so many ways. What's my ministry? Where am I serving? Here's a suggestion. You ready for this? Man, I love this one. Come to our next Saturday serve. Man, that, we've been doing this for five years here at Coastal. The first Saturday of every month, we show up here, and you know what we do? We, we then pray, and we send you out to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in our community, loving and serving. Why? Why do we do all that? Because real love serves. What's your ministry? Where are you serving? You want to be a better lover? This is your year, baby. Do it. Number two, real love sustains. It sustains. That means, listen, it hangs on. It is committed. It is loyal. 1 Corinthians 7, uh, 13, 7, and 8. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love is a commitment. Now, I hear people say stuff like this all the time. Pastor Chris, I just don't love him anymore. I just don't love her anymore. We've grown what? Apart. I just don't love this person anymore. You know, that implies two things to me. One, that you think love is a feeling, and two, that you think love is uncontrollable. And both of those things, listen to me, they are lies straight from the pit of hell. They are not true. It would be more accurate to say this, I have chosen not to love this person anymore. Because love's a choice. I mean, we don't like being honest like that. We don't want to accept that responsibility, but it's true. You choose to love someone or you choose not to love someone. Let me tell you something. There is no such thing as real love without commitment. Because real love sustains. It is committed. It is loyal. You know, if I'm afraid to make a commitment to you, that means at some point, I really don't love you. And single adults, let me tell you something. Over time, if they're not loyal, if they're not making a commitment to you, you need to hear this loud and clear. They really don't love you. Run. Get out now. They might have affection for you. They might have lust for you. But it ain't gonna last. You see, your commitments reveal what you love, regardless of what you say about it. You wanna know someone's commitments? Look at their calendar, their time, and their checkbook, their money. What do your commitments reveal about what you love? So real love not only serves and sustains, number three, it sacrifices. It sacrifices. You've heard me say this before. You can give without loving. You can. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. 
Why? Because real love sacrifices. Now, what is a sacrifice? A sacrifice means that I'm willing to give my very best, the very best that I have for a greater purpose or for another person. And man, the ultimate example of that, of that sacrificial love, is what Jesus did for you. On the cross, he sacrificed his life for you. He died for you in your place. Ephesians 5.2, listen to this. Here it is again. Live a life filled with what? With love, following the example of Christ. Now, what did he do? He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice. Notice that word there, a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma uh, to God. He did it out of love. He gave himself. Every time you and I make a loving sacrifice, we're, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. We are. So my point in that is this. Let me tell you, real love costs. It does. There, there is a price tag to it. it. It requires serving and giving and supporting and sacrificing. Now, you might be thinking, man, Pastor Chris, that's a pretty high price tag for love. You bet it is. You bet it is. And that's why we fail at it so often. We fail at it all the time. Why? Because it costs. And honestly, sometimes we're not willing to pay the price. Now, to be honest, I realize that some of you, even talking about this subject of love today, it brings up some very painful memories and maybe, maybe you, you feel like a failure at love. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've been through two divorces and you think, Pastor Chris, I'm a lost, lost cause when it comes to love. Listen, you, you cannot change your past, but let me tell you what you can do. Three things. One, you can admit your mistakes, your part in whatever that was, and you can ask God to forgive you. And he absolutely will. Secondly, you can then accept God's grace and then you can start over. You can begin again. Today's a new day. And thirdly, you can focus on the future and begin to practice genuine love. God's love. So real love serves, sustains, sacrifices. And I want to close with this one really quickly. Real love shares. It shares Jesus. It shares the good news about God's wonderful grace. You see, ultimately, that's the, that's the greatest thing that you, you and I get to do for somebody else. I mean, you want to be loving towards someone? The most loving thing you can do is tell them about, about Jesus. Acts 20, 24 puts it this way, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Man, that's our mission here at Coastal. How do we say it? To share and experience the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. You see, if you care you'll share. And, and honestly, we really don't have a choice if we truly love people. I mean, if you truly love people, we don't have a choice as long as there's one person left on this planet that, that doesn't know Jesus, then we're gonna keep sharing and serving and sacrificing because that's the loving thing. We want people to come to know him. So let me, let me sum it all up. The Bible says without love, listen, Nothing else matters. 
Nothing. And the Bible says that, that love is something you do. It's a choice. It's not just something you feel or say. You express it through serving and sharing and sacrifice. And the, the sign of a, of a genuine Christian, a follower of Jesus, is not a cross that you might wear around your neck. It, it's not you know, a fish that you put on the back of your car, a little bumper sticker, or a little you know, cute you know, post that you put on Facebook. No, the sign of a Christian is love. It's love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Have you ever wondered why? I mean, why does he say that that's the greatest? Well, think about it like this, because love is the only one that's gonna go on into eternity and last forever. I mean, let me tell you something. When we get to heaven, Man, you know what? We're not gonna need faith anymore because I'm gonna see Jesus face to face. I'm gonna be in his presence. Man, when we get to heaven, you don't need hope because all of our hopes and needs and dreams are gonna be experienced and met. But when you get to heaven, it is gonna be filled with love because God is love and he is there and he wants us to experience it in all of our, in his fullness. He wants you to share it with other people in the meantime because that's when you and I are most like God, when we're serving and loving and sharing and sacrificing. Now, as we close today, listen, I want to invite all of you to join me in a love movement, to join me in a love revolution. You know what it's supposed to be called? It's called the church. The church, that's us. And we ought to be the ones who are going out, building bridges of love and tearing down walls, building bridges of love to other people, people we might disagree with, people whose lifestyle might be different than ours, but simply people that Jesus loves, that he died for. We wanna be the ones who build those bridges of love. Why? So that Jesus could walk across that bridge. Listen, you don't argue people into heaven. You love them into heaven. You love them into heaven. So Coastal, man, let's love Charleston to Jesus. You know, next week, here's your homework assignment. The most loving thing you could do this week is don't come alone next Sunday to church. Bring somebody with you. Online, in person, it don't matter. Invite someone. And listen, my sincere prayer as the pastor of this church now, the founding pastor for 30 plus years is that we are a church that has a reputation, not as the church, well, hey, that's the church over there. Man, they got that funny pastor, you know. That's the church that has, man, great music or new pretty buildings. No, that's the church where they love people, where they really love people. Man, you go over there, they don't know any better but to love you, to love you, because that, that is the church that pleases God. They will know that we are Christians by our what? Love. So let me ask, how's your love life? What kind of lover are you? When are we gonna admit this is the problem in the world. This is it. 
You know, you're always having a little pity party because other people don't serve you the way you want them to. Or are you actively looking to lay down your life for others? And you might push back today and say, Pastor Chris, you know, I can't do that. That standard's too high. I can't love people the way Jesus did. And I want you to hear loud and clear, guess what? You're right. You can't, and I can't either. That's why you need Jesus in your life. You know, you got to let Jesus love others through you. You let him come into your life and flood your life with his grace and his kindness and his love. And then you let that spill out into other people. Have you asked Jesus to come into your life? You want to be a better lover? That's where it starts. You let God's love flow into your life through Christ. What are you waiting on? Man, he loves you. For God so loved the world, you, that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You can have that today. You can experience his love today. And you can join us in loving Charleston to Jesus. Man, come tomorrow night to the membership class. Man, I want to be a part of a church that loves people. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, first and foremost, I thank you for your great, great love. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for how he sacrificed his life for us. He paid the price. God, we, we do. We, we fail so miserably short, so often at love. That's why we need Jesus. And so, Father, right now, I know that there are, there are people in the room, there are people watching this that, um, that have not placed their faith in Christ, that have, not, that have not asked you to come into their life and to love them fully and completely through your son, Jesus. And so, Father, I believe today in faith that they're ready. They're ready to come home. They're ready to know you. They're ready to be loved by you. And so if that's you today, just you know, pour your heart out to God right here and right now. And, you know, he knows the intent of your heart. It's not so much the words that you speak. It's, it's your heart, and he knows you. He knows your heart. But maybe just verbalize something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit it. I'm not a great lover. I've blown it. I, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I know that. The world's a mess, and so am I. I humbly admit it, but today, Father, I come before you. I bow the knee. I ask you to forgive me. And I declare that, that Jesus really is your son, that you sent him to this earth to, to die for me, to take the punishment, the sacrifice for, for me and for my sin. He went to the cross for me. But today I also believe that he proved who he was, his power over sin and death, and he rose from the dead. He is alive. And as much as I know how, much as I understand today, I put my faith and my trust in him and in him alone. And now, God, for the rest of my life, and until you come again or call me home, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to become more and more every day like you now see me, forgiven and brand new. God, I want to love people. 
I want the, the love of Christ to, to spill out of my life into the lives of the people you put in my path. And Father, I do pray for Coastal. May we be known as a people who love, who love you and love people. And Father, may we share and experience the life and the love, the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.